Welcome to another episode of Media Rewind on the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. I'm Dustin P. I'm Genius McGee. And on this episode, we talk AMC's The Walking Dead. Season 9, Episode 7, entitled Stradivarius. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> we can't fight without the Stradivarius. <laughs> so for the sake of brevity, and also our listeners, we dive directly into spoilers. So if you have not seen the episode, turn it off now. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. You have been warned. Genius, your first take on this episode. Honestly, meh. Just kind of middle of the road. Meh. Meh. Okay. Is I. Is I. Okay. One well, of my favorite. Yeah, okay. Filler. Well, well, let's go ahead and go ahead and unpack this then. Uh, as you and I talked off uh, off mic, what we're going to do is we're going to break this down into like three different stories that kind of converge at the end. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Carol and Daryl, yep. along with Henry and Toe. We're going to talk about Jesus, Aaron, and Tara. And then we'll talk about Michonne and the gang. Mm-hmm. So, of those, which would you rather talk about first? Um, let's talk about Jesus and Marquardt. Okay, so we see that Jesus has become the elected leader of the hilltop. Begrudgingly so. Yes, and and we find out that Maggie has actually uh, left to go with Georgie, <coughs> who I am assuming is going to be part of the Commonwealth, which is a group that hasn't been introduced yet, but we've kind of been hinted at. With her. The, the, the travelers with the, hey, I got the plans. Yeah, I've got the plans. I'll give you some records. You yeah, give us some stuff. Yeah. Those kind of things. So You think that's them? Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing else it has got to be. You're true. Mean, so oh. Ma- Maggie takes a uh, little Herschel in tow, mm-hmm. and now she's off of the show for a while. You know, they and we knew that Lauren Cohen was only going to be in a very like limited role this season because she's got uh, whiskey, whiskey Cavalier, I believe it is. I uh, the other show that she's going to be on. So okay, but but they left her story open ended, which yeah, is cool, but not that cool because I was like, man, it's not like I wasn't um, finding um, pieces of the puzzle that weren't there. I was like. Well, what do they mean? But that's also kind of a bullshit way to like send off Maggie. She's been a big part of the show, and her part only got bigger. And then all of a sudden, boom! Nowhere here, no hiding her hair, no goodbye, no nothing. You know, it felt like a lot—not rushed, but it felt like open-endedly tacked on to me. But I mean, honestly, we've got a six-year time jump, so I mean, right? Really Shit's gonna been... go down, right? right. But see, that's another thing. It's just like, I understand. They're explaining it too fast or explaining it away. Yeah, they're just like, oh, well, you know, that's what happens. Let's move on. Exactly. No, not let's move on. There's some big shit, you know. But anyway, I'm sorry. That's one of my beefs. But that's going back to Jesus. No, and, and we've got the, like, the, what we talked about, <coughs> I believe it was four or five episodes ago, is that mm-hmm. we wanted to see Marquand, Aaron's character, and Jesus have more interaction. Well, we get a hell of a lot more interaction between those two characters. Yeah. So Jesus kind of goes out and he he says he's, quote, checking on the fields. True. But, but before we go into that, so we're talking about how he's a reluctant leader. It's been six years. Move into the office. He's got all of his shit all sprawled out. Listen, Maybe he doesn't want to. I know. It's his choice. He's the leader. True. But he, And then Tara comes up and says, hey, you're not leading. You need to do some leading. Everybody's noticing that you're gone. Where are you going? And then we find out that he goes. Ain't none her business. He's the leader. <laughs> exactly. Shut up, Tara. I don't know. The, the The leader should be accountable. Not at all times. He's accountable to himself because he's the leader. <laughs> That's what got us into this mess in the first place. So you know, Tara brings like a uh, like a laundry list of different things. You know, uh, there's noise complaints and pretty much everything that an uh, that a leader would have to handle. But they're doing pretty good. Yeah, because Hilltop is expanding. And you know, they're outside of the they're outside of the actual fortification walls. It's big. It's it's it looks like almost not like it's a, a big sprawling field, complex, right? Welcome to Plantation, you know, because 
And that's the end of the Badlands intro. Yeah. So we see that, you know, after the 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 dialogue between Tara and Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, talking about the fields and everything that's going wrong inside a hilltop, Jesus is just like, you know what? I'm going to go check on the fields. I'm going to go see how everything's going. So he just leaves and Tara's like, what, 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 what the fuck, man? I mean, we, we still got shit we got to do. We got paperwork. Right. I know. Exactly. And Jesus There's- is like, I promise you, I'll handle it when I get back. So we see Jesus leaves the hilltop and he's kind of going on a walkabout. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> I know, I know. That's the same thing I thought. The cat person of the hills, Mark Quad, strikes again. And, and he, he jumps, he jumps Jesus off a horseback and they start doing this, this, this fight. So, and, and it's not like, a, it's not like vicious fighting. I mean, this is like, you know, training type of fight. Tiger claw. Yeah. So we, we see that Marquand is able to dismount, you know, Jesus. And right. they, they kind of, you know, score a couple shots, you know, this and that. And they're kind of playfully fly, uh, fighting, almost like dueling. Mm-hmm. And um, the one thing I did have a serious beef with this part of the episode. It's not that I don't believe that, that Aaron could get the upper hand on Jesus or that, you know, they're sparring or anything. Right. Listen to the musical cue. While they're fighting... And this is a beef that I've got. Mm-hmm. Sounds like every battle sequence from Into the Badlands. Listen to the musical cue again. Mm-hmm. And it sounds exactly like something that would be out of Into the Badlands. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it, it's very like, it, it's very like kung fu, like, mm-hmm. you know, the legend continues type of music. And, and that's a lot of what um, Into the Badlands used, a lot of, a lot of guitar or, well, not guitar, but a lot of string instruments mm-hmm. and, and a lot of... Um, influence there i'm gonna have to agree with you on that one one of my major beefs throughout this entire episode was the music it just seemed weird to me just a little off too either too jaunty for the apocalypse or too like i I don't know i'm just maybe maybe i'm so used to the bleak and direness of it that with this new direction my mind yet is still trying at least my ears are there's just something about them. Maybe I like. Well, let's put that. This song sucks. Boo! No, it's, I don't even but think it's no. that. I think it's just that <laughs> we're 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 having to get used to the six year time jump, mm-hmm. and you know, and now things have kind of settled down from all out war and all of this dread that we right. had. Right, but I know, but they're and they're also trying to set the mood, but it almost seemed too jaunty, you know, right. when it, when it was like over like they're working the fields and like gonna be happy all day da, 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 you know and it's just like uh, i didn't like it but other than that you know the the songs i guess i didn't like yeah not necessarily the musical cues and like the background music right but i just didn't quite the songs didn't grab me yeah it didn't give me that that like but honestly that was just my beef with that that particular part of the story i mean yeah. it, it was completely i mean listen to it again man and it, it's completely stolen from into the badlands and i was i just kind of rolled my eyes man did it I'm take just, you out that part it did i mean it really did because i dude you and i are such huge fans of <laughs> into the badlands smash i'm like <laughs> like bullshit bullshit <laughs> derivative <laughs> So, but no, I mean, it, it, it served a purpose and we, we see that Jesus has been training Aaron for, you know, because he, he made that comment back, you know, a couple episodes ago that he wanted to train and Jesus made the, you know, the playful remark, you know, well, I teach kids on Sunday, so feel free to come into my white belt karate class. Right. But, you took him up on that offer, apparently. But yeah, exactly. I mean, so they're kind of doing him. this little fighting thing. And after everything is said and done, they kind of just sit down. And Jesus has been using this as a way to you know get information and kind of keep in contact with Alexandria mm-hmm. and, and the other communities. 
And you hear that, you know, they, they have reference to the kingdoms, the big carnival that they're going to have, the fair. Right. And you Which know, comes G- up a few times. Right. And Jesus is, is really, you know, expressing his interest in wanting to go because he thinks it's going to be a good healing opportunity for all the communities. Get it's going to be good to see everybody. I mean, right. because what we're led to assume in, in these past two episodes since Rick Grimes' departure mm-hmm. is that the, the communities are really fractured away from each other. Well, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I have a theory, but it's... It's not quite a theory, but it kind of is. Some ill shit went down in that six years. Because one, and we'll get into it later, that that Maggie just absconded off and ran away. Right. right? Michonne's afraid to go see Maggie. Everybody has X's on them. So we know some ill shit went down. And so we'll get to weigh that. But yeah. Yeah, so we, we see that Aaron and Jesus are having a lot of conversations about, you know, the importance of this this uh, carnival or this fair. To that bring them back to. together. Right, and, and they really want to have this sense of community between mm-hmm. the communities. As they're talking, they see a flare go up, which is, I'm assuming, the international bat signal of, you know, oh, shit, Help. So, yeah. somebody from our groups is down. So Aaron and, Aaron and Jesus actually take off, and they go to where the flare was. And they find Rosita. Mm-hmm. So, which kind of brings me back to the very, very beginning, like even before AMC, The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. right? That just ten seconds of Rosita, you just see kind of like that weird point of view, and then she's running through the forest. Yeah, and it was almost like drunk cam. It, yeah, I mean, because everything was kind of skewed, everything was kind of <laughs> flashing in and out. And... Right, and then all of a sudden she drops ten seconds later, and then the Walking Dead, and I'm like, wait, what just happened? You know, it was kind of disorientating at first, and I. I don't know if I liked it, you know, <laughs> I was like, yeah. it just seemed too abrupt to end and add like the credits. Well, and, and the other thing I want to know too, is that Rosita appeared to have some type of injury to her head. Mm-hmm. So she had to have gotten into a fight with something Yeah, at that point, because I mean, you know, she had to have left Eugene, uh, Eugene. <laughs> she's so, running I mean, the forest, boom, just yeah, like she's running into, into a tree. tree. <laughs> But yeah, she's got an injury to her head. She doesn't have Eugene with her anymore. Right. So she had to have been running from something. Yeah. And from what we know from the last episode is that, you know, the walkers are talking. Yeah. And she's by herself and they're like, hey, who, weren't you with Eugene? He goes, yeah, I left her. I left him in a barn. Yeah. Because, I mean, in fairness, he was injured. That's true. So. Yeah. Because he jumped down off the water tower like mm-hmm. a dumbass. Mm-hmm. So we, we see the, the Jesus and Aaron thing really kind of, you know, come full circle and they're they're having the conversation and they take Rosita back to the Hilltop community to kind of get patched up and everything. And the people at Hilltop are even referencing, you know, she's kind of, you know, fading in and out of consciousness and, mm-hmm. you know, she's she's needed an IV and Enid's taking care of her. Good you know, for that. Dr. Enid. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I, I like the fact that Enid is actually, you know, progressing as a character. I mean, we and haven't seen useful. much of her, yeah. but, but you know, we, we've got a lot, you she, know, out of her in the past niche. six years. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. She found what she wants to do and what's needed to do for the group. So, good for her. Yeah, so let's go ahead and hit the pause button on, on Jesus and Aaron for that moment. But I'm also, I don't know, I'm just sure if I'm ready for the adventures of Enid. I am. Let's do it. Why not? Right on. All right, let's pause. So, which one would you rather go to now? Is Carol and Daryl or Michonne and the gang? Mm, let's go. Let's go, Carol and Daryl. Okay. So, Carol and Daryl. Mm-hmm. We saw in the last episode that Carol and Henry were were kind of going out and about, and you know, trying to trying to get him to the the hilltop community so Henry could become a, a blacksmith yeah. or so he could apprentice as a blacksmith. And they could take a detour into Hillbilly Justice yeah, and they, Country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they, they, find, they found the next of kin, Daryl right. Dixon. <laughs> and Daryl is very reluctant to open up to both of them. You know, Carol is still trying to get him to come along. She's trying to get him almost to mentor slash 
secure Henry, you know, mm-hmm. as a security detail. Just to be like, you know, Uncle Daryl, hey, like, hey, look out for him. Yeah. Plus, like, get back into the swing of things, you know? And and, and Daryl is completely against it. I mean, because he, <laughs> he has, is, yeah, he has yeah, one yeah. of the conversations with, with Carol, and, you know, Carol even says, you know, he uh, Henry's an idealist. Well, to, to the retort, Daryl goes, yeah, well, he's going to have to learn just like you and I did, you know, because he's got to learn how to survive. And I think... I think Daryl's comment though was, you know, he's going to have to learn just like we just did. like we did about being an idealist. Is that being an idealist in this world, like Rick Grimes, gets you zero, gets mm-hmm. you absolutely nowhere besides blown to f yeah, up or worse, right. right? And so it was touching, especially because like they both learned a lot of hard lessons the hard way, like like once again, like we all did. But also, it was kind of like I understood what Carol was saying, like, hey, you need to come and just you know check him out, make sure he's okay. You know, look after him. Like, you know what? And because he's an idealist, he goes, I think she was like, good for her for saying he needs to be knocked down a peg or two. He does. You know, and he, she's 100% right. Because and who but, else, who else is going to knock her? Would you rather have the, like the real world knocking him down? I mean, which is, of course right. is going to happen. Or somebody like, look, this is what's going to happen. Just a little bit of advice and some mentorship. Yeah. And I think that was more so not like, he's like, well, you want me to fuck a babysit? Calm down. Just mentor him. Yeah. You know, he's going to be learning how to blacksmith, teach him how to like fucking hunt rattlesnake and fucking yeah, red dead to it. Exactly. You know? So like, <laughs> exactly. Teach him how to track, you know, right. te- teach, right. him, teach him the skills that have made, you know, Daryl a badass in this world. Which is you good know? skills to have, and, you know, because I couldn't. And, and you know, and, and you think back to it, you know, the two conversations that really kind of tie Carol and Daryl together were with Rick. Mm-hmm. You know, how Carol and, and Rick had that conversation at the, at the tent. And they talked about, you know, how Carol was so integral and that, you know, you came back from this. And then the the whole hillbilly hillbilly justice fight sequence with Rick. I mean, that really kind of patched Daryl and, and Rick up together. Right. So we, we see a lot of that, I guess, dynamic kind of bleeding through the characters and still tying them together with, the I guess, the memory of Grimes. Mm-hmm. Plus the fact that they haven't seen each other in a long time and they're still friends. I mean, like... Well, they... they Henry had made mention that Carol does go out and see Daryl every once in a while. It's just, it's been a very reluctant friendship since everything kind of went down. Mm-hmm. And I mean, granted, I mean, they're both hurting. Yeah. But even more so Daryl because he he doesn't have anybody. Yeah. You know, at least Carol has King Ezekiel. <laughs> and then Carol it doesn't have anybody to cut his hair. Cause yeah, he was, he was looking scruff as shit when he was coming I mean, out of the swamp. Daryl has always looked scruff, well, <laughs> yeah, well, except for like him... season one. But how do you make him scruffier? More scruffier. Exactly. That's like anti-polishing a turd. You know, <laughs> we need more cat pee in the foggers. Because <laughs> he just comes out looking like. Ain't have a dollar. Like, no, get out of here, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, Carol gives him gives him a nice little trim up and, and a haircut. And right. And, and then, it's, then it's like, welcome back, Norman Reedus. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so Daryl's camp is kind of out in the middle of nowhere, you know, but he's got all these. Apocalypse Now shit going it, it is, on. Yeah. And, and, you know, as as Henry and, and Carol are kind of walking through to go back to Daryl's camp, you know, Henry sees all these like punji pits and all these different traps and everything. And Carol, you know, even makes mention. She goes, watch out. There are a shit ton of traps around here. Uh-huh. You know, you're going to get effed up if you don't walk exactly <laughs> where he walks. But I mean, if you're living alone and you, and you, you know, you got to rest. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you pretty much have to fortify yourself. Yeah. So he's been out living alone for six years. I was just thinking about that. And then we find out why later on. But I was like, man, that's, I mean, if he wants to do that, cool. But like, Ooh, that's got to be rough, especially like, you know. Yeah, not having anybody to, you know, converse with, not mm-hmm. having anybody to, you know, kind of bounce ideas off of. I mean, he does have his dog, 
named yeah. Dog. Okay, so that's another <laughs> that's another thing. I remember there those talks like like if there was ever going to be a Walking Dead spinoff aside from before Fear of the Walking Dead came out, and they're like, oh, they're going to focus it on Daryl Dixon, right? I don't think it would have worked back then, but I think maybe like now with the dog, I think adding the dog character like kind of endeared Norman Reedus, you know. Sorry, dog. It's too much of a it's too much of a nod to Fallout seventy six. Uh, uh, but I'm not saying I'm not saying the adventures of Norman Reedus. But I could see an episode or two or something with like Norman Reedus and his dog. <laughs> right. Sorry, dude. It ain't Norman Reedus. It's not Daryl Dixon and Lassie. It ain't happening. <laughs> I don't think that's got legs. <laughs> He's like, did Carol fall down the well? You know, <laughs> I'm gonna go get her. But you know, actually, the dog plays a pretty integral part in, I guess, the the warming up of of Daryl to Henry and the idea of yeah you know, being having, a mentor and and not being alone, you know, because and having someone to have your back. Yeah, exactly. Because we see that Daryl is is dispatching all these walkers that are coming around. Well, because before we get to that, the reason why they're coming around, they're at the campfire, and everybody's trying to have them be cool and chill, and they just had a heart-to-heart with uh, Daryl and Carol. What's the first thing that fucking Henry says? Like, so how'd you get those scars? Was he the fucking Joker? You know, it's like, did we ruin the fucking mood? He goes, well, I'm gonna go farm a dog now, thanks. Right? And Carol's like, shut the fuck up. Well, and we know that, you know, (laughs) that Daryl got a lot of those scars in his childhood. Yeah. You know, because they used to get him and Merle used to get beat by their father. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and honestly, Daryl has never come to grips with that. I mean, he's still harboring a lot of, I, I guess, not sadness from Merle's death. Well, and plus Easy Street. Oh, yeah. 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 So he's probably scarred up pretty good. Exactly. And living in the woods for six years, too. There's probably some fresh ones. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so then he's like, he's looking for the dog because the dog is prevalent. And you notice the dog. Yeah. And then at the campfire, when he's like, come here, dog, come here. Because every time there's a fire, they made a point to show that the dog brings walker parts. Yeah, like a like, hand or a foot or. Yeah, to throw in the fire, like a, like a contribution or something. Whatever dog's Contribution? Yeah, you know what I mean. A contribution? There we go. Okay. Big words. <laughs> I know. Where me no speak English good. So um, so then it's like, okay, where's the dog? And then you're like, ha, I bet there was I bet there was a whole bunch of people out there like, man, they better not fucking let the walkers eat that dog, you know? Because like the dog is like, rah, 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 rah. hey man, I'd rather have the I'd rather have dog get eaten than Shiva. And we already saw Shiva get ripped up. So I know! Shiva uh. was a way cooler character than Dog. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But also, you know, you don't see tigers every day. That's true. You know? That's very true. <laughs> Dogs, you see dogs. So we, we ultimately come, uh, you know, come across the fact that, you know, Daryl is kind of going out and he's, you know, taking care of the perimeter and whatnot. He's still looking for the dog. And we find out that the dog is actually caught in one of the snares. Mm-hmm. You know, and a little bit later on, I mean, it's completely throwaway. We find out the reason why Daryl is doing this. These traps aren't for walkers. You know, he even says so. These traps aren't for walkers. They're, you know, they're, they're for, or they're not for animals, right? No, they're, they're for walkers. They're for walkers. They're for walkers because so, he, goes, he doesn't want animals to die. Like, yeah, he goes, that, he goes, that's just a terrible way for, you know, uh, yeah. an animal to die. Yeah. So we see that the dog actually got caught up in, in a, like a head snare or something. And all small these, animal yeah, trap. and all these walkers are, you know, kind of around and getting around ready to kill him. And they're all stuck in the other traps, and some are kind of like shambling on them, and they're all like one's ripped in half, right? And trying to like, and I'll tell you what, that was pretty cool. I was thinking this episode, like, man, this needs some more like walker action, and we got a couple of good ones. And like I said, 
It was getting tense there for a moment because they were like, one, they're all real fucking gnarly looking. And two, they're coming real, real close to that dog, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, don't fucking do it. And But then Norman Reedus comes in to save the day. And then Norman Reedus, like, they came moving closer and closer. And I'm like, ooh, ooh this is getting tense. Where is it going to go? But here's my thing. Like, I understand he's trying to protect everybody, but don't be so proud where, like, if the walkers are about to get you and Henry's right there and he can help you out, don't be like, ugh, well, I stay don't th- back. I don't think it was necessarily that. I think he just didn't want the responsibility of somebody else dying, you know, and, and he knows that how important that Henry is to Carol. But it would have been nothing for Henry to get the two walkers that were about to grab him by the fucking, that were grabbing him by the legs. Right? True. Henry was right there. He could have just go, stick, stick. Because he had a stick. Right? So he Well, and like, he was trained by Morgan. Right? So, I mean, I think that's part of the thing that Daryl's forgetting is that Morgan was a consummate badass. Yeah, he's not six years old. You know? he's. I mean, like, even when he was six years old, he was he, pretty badass. He, when he was dead, he was killing people. Right? So, no, he could do stuff. But, like, he's right fucking there. Just let him at least take the one off your, off your fucking leg. Right. Yeah. Right? At least so you can get up and save the dog. Yeah. Calm fucking down, Norman Reedus. Then he got his comeuppance, and he realized he should have let him help out. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> the scales of hillbilly justice mm-hmm. were equalized. Yep. So we see that, you know, Daryl's going after getting the dog unsnared and whatnot. He stabs all the walkers, and then one of them actually breaks free, which was a really cool effect. Okay, so I had to go back. I... I had to go back because the first time I saw it, I was like, that looks stupid. Not not the effect of... So, let me set it up. So, the walker... There's this walker stuck in the mud, and the previous shots, his uh, ankle is being ripped off because he's, he's fucking rotting, right? Yeah. That looked that cool That was really shit. cool, yeah. That looks super fucking cool because it gradually slowed the meat. You see the meat and the sound tearing. That was a very, very cool effect. But what got me... Is I don't know if it was editing or what, but it looked like when he got the when he got the uh, leg un un caught mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like stumping around. He and he gets. I thought that it was him that got stuck in the trap, but his like bone pogoed him up or something <laughs> like bomb bong and like everything happened so quick he's like bring 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 and i wrote down in my notes pogo walker and so I, so no it just it, i know i i had to that's what you remember yeah, that, i rolled that's it back why you, that's why you dvr'd it back right i was like because if that's what i think it is that's fucking stupid you know <laughs> and so there's a trampoline in the bottom right? of that trap like fucking like who was this part originally written for chris farley this is dumb right and so like i had to go back and i'm like oh okay so in the midst of Henry trying to stick that walker, he got stuck in one of the walker traps. Yeah, he jammed his foot down in one of the, the one of the spike pits, right. and not like necessarily a spike pit where the spikes are coming up. It's more no, than just but more trap. like a trap, trap yeah. where you're stuck, so like he can kill the walkers. Yeah. But he's like, he's like, oh no! But he sticks that walker, and that was a cool effect. It really was. That was a cool effect when he sticks the walker with his stick again. And the pogo walker. But I had to rewind it because I was like, I was like, that looks fucking dumb. Like, boing, 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 boing. Like, fucking, what is this? Tigger the walker? You know? Mm-hmm. So, but uh, upon second viewing, I was like, oh, all right, I'll allow it. Yeah, and the very last shot of that, we see Carol kind of off in the woods. And mm-hmm. she was, she was going to come and help him. But she's kind of like a, oh, Henry's helping Hillbilly Justice. You know? 
I don't think she was there ready to go and help him. I think she was there the whole fucking time, and she just wanted to see how it played out, where if the time needed, where it was like, uh-oh, then she would save him, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I, I like think... Like a test. But I think she was happier that it, it kind of worked out the mm-hmm. way that Daryl actually needed Henry. Exactly. You know, exactly. Because, because that is really the, I guess, the catalyst that kind of warms Daryl up to Henry. Mm-hmm. You know, because we see him a little bit later on in the story. They're sitting around the campfire again, and they're getting ready to... I guess Daryl's having a change of heart, and he finally tells Henry, you know, you know, thanks a lot for your help over there. You know, I, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Henry's telling Daryl, you know, my mom really misses you. You know, she said that you're always the person that had her back, your best friend. Right. And I think that was probably the final... That was another... The, the, the final, final heat, the <laughs> final exactly. heat wave that melted Daryl's heart. And his heart grew three sizes that day. So... Daryl actually does agree to go with, you know, Carol and Henry back to the hilltop, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of, I guess, rejoin community. Yeah, which is good. Because, like, yeah. I think, I, because we find out that another reason why he's been out there is not because he wants some solitude and sadness, but he's still fucking looking for Rick. Yeah. You know? And he even makes that mention. He goes, you know, I know you think I'm still looking for him. But they never found I, a body. I never found a body. Right. Ever. Right. And, like, he's like, that's, un- that's impossible. I'm, like, one of the best fucking trackers out there, and I can't find anything. You know, so he's one, he's got a point, but two, if you, if they don't know what we know, since they don't, it sounds like a crackpot conspiracy theorist, you know, like, I know he's out there somewhere walking the woods, you know, but who is he Mulder? <laughs> yeah. Cause right. Aliens. <laughs> Cause the Grimes is out there with stuff and things, but no, I, I just, I like that aspect of Daryl. You know, yeah. I like, I like, I like the fact character. that he's not, he's not giving up hope. You know, and right. it's very much just like Michonne, you know, mm-hmm. the, these main characters that had this close relationship with Rick have n- have not given up hope. Yeah. No matter how long ago it is. I mean, we're talking a six year time jump and these people are still harboring, you know, the the I guess the hope that he's out there. Hey, he's looking for his boy. Yeah. So, so you know, we we, we see kind of, you know, Daryl pack up everything and, and then they head off to the, the hilltop community. But before, we, you know, the big reveal with with Daryl is, you know, when Henry asks him about the scars. Daryl, too, has an X on his yeah. lower right-hand side. So, you know, Michonne had one in the last episode. I'm thinking this is going to be kind of like a tribute kind of thing, you know, that we'll never stop, you know, we'll never stop thinking about Rick, so we're going to go ahead and scar ourselves up. No, 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 no. Ill shit went down. I'm oh, come you. on. There is no way that both of them got stabbed in the same side that Rick Grimes got stabbed I'm in. I'm telling you, ill shit went down. That's one of the reasons why fucking everything is the way it is. Ill shit went down. I bet I bet we look at it and Maggie has a scar or maybe Carol has a scar. Some ill shit went down where they were Everybody all... got scarred like Rick Grimes. I'm calling BS. I'm telling you, maybe it was the fucking, like, you know, the Sons of Negan. I don't know. We don't... <laughs> it's been six years. Maybe there was, like, a fucking, like, a, a, tri- a botched um, breakout. Some ill shit went down. Oh, we know there, there there's definitely some ill shit that went down because... These communities are completely fractured apart from one another, and, they, and they're using See, all of this time to try to rebuild themselves. And See, you know what happened? I'm that's t- I'm telling you, maybe there was a civil war, and maybe Maggie just went stick, 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 stick. If you sign with Grimes, you sign with the X, right? We don't know. I, I, I that is probably the most far fetched theory I've ever heard, especially <laughs> coming out of your mouth. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. It's been six years. And again, why if they're going to talk about Maggie and going to Hilltop and Jesus not being the leader and where'd she go and she's with the the twins in the Commonwealth, something went down. Something went down. Well, yeah, you know, and it could have just been that Maggie needed to leave. 
you know, because yeah. because Negan is still alive. Yeah. You know, so uh, that that could still be playing a part into it as well. So with Daryl and Carol finally making it to Hilltop, mm-hmm. I mean that that unites them with Jesus and and Aaron. Perfect fucking timing. Yeah, exactly. Perfect timing to find right. out that Rosita was actually brought back to the Hilltop. Mm-hmm. And before we. <laughs> Before we get too much into the Rosita storyline, because everything kind of <coughs> everything kind of weaves together at the end, much like all these stories do. So, do you want to go ahead and go on to Michonne and the gang? No, no, no. But before we do that, all of a sudden, a random C. Thomas Howell on horseback. That was part of the Michonne deal. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, what we see with Michonne and the gang is like, you know, Michonne is escorting. Really? With Sadiq. Yeah, <laughs> Michonne is escorting with Sadiq mm-hmm. and random Alexandrian. And in in this wagon, and she's got you know Magna Kelly, Connie, Luke, and uh, Yumiko, and all these uh, all of the new people. Yeah, and, and she's escorting them to the hilltop as she had promised. Mm-hmm. And but Magna needs to calm the fuck down. She's got my knives, and I want my knives. Like, cool it. You know, I wouldn't want to be out there with no no way to protect myself. N- she's absolutely right. I don't I'm know. not gonna say I'm not gonna say that she should have those knives inside hilltop. Because she's unproven, right. but I'll be goddamned if I'm going to be out there in the middle of the apocalypse and not have a way to defend myself. If you're on the road and you're not not necessarily you're not a prisoner, but like you're being led somewhere where you shouldn't be like fucking threatening people, and you're trying to start some shit. I don't know if I'd give them knives like to over try and even start some shit. You know, I don't think they were going to try to start some shit, but I'm just saying, man. I don't know, man. She's like maybe something. You know, maybe a weapon, but maybe not all the knives and the weapons back. Yeah. So we, we see early on in the conversations, you know, before they get to their, because it's going to take them at least a day and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to camp out in the evening and that leads us to a big plot point as well. But the first day of traveling, you know, Yumiko really stri- tries to start up a conversation with Michonne and tries to ask her, you know, what all happened? You know, what's going on? You know, why are we, why are we being taken somewhere else? as opposed to just being left back there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Michonne kind of goes through the whole deal, and, you know, I promised my daughter I would get you there, and I will. Yeah. You know, she she doesn't care about them. She just cares about the promise that she made. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what what's the mindset of Michonne at this point? I don't know. She knows she needs to do the right thing by at least letting them prove their worth of some sort, but she's just been so cold and jaded to everybody out and outsiders, you know? I don't know what she's thinking at this point, but I'm glad Sadiq stepped up mm-hmm. and was talking yeah, exactly. to her because one, Sadiq was like, look, I understand that what you're trying to do, but you're trying to keep a promise to do the, but there's somebody else you need to keep a promise to. Like you need to keep a promise to Carl. You were talking about being peace and mm-hmm. this whole thing. Now you don't want to do that. And then you're breaking. She, she's kind of, she's kind of breaking her promise. Like when I'll get you there safe, but she's leaving halfway, the halfway point. Uh, Cause she doesn't want to go see Maggie. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Sadiq That's finally and calls him out. Like, look, you said you're going to save him, save you're going to come lead us halfway and then leave. You know, that's bullshit. And you know what? That is bullshit. So that's kind of going back on your words. So fuck you, I'm showing on that part. You know, hey I man, she'll, she'll get him close enough. But no, the reason why you know it kind of everything interestingly pans out is because Sadiq finally you know lets the cat out of the bag and says, you know, Maggie's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, she's gone. She's been gone. She took Herschel, and Michonne's like. 
don't you think you should have told me before now? You know, where did she go? What is she doing? Right. You know, and, and Sadiq has you know <coughs> limited details, but it seems like this gigantic secret that everybody's been keeping from Michonne. Yeah. Like, oh, I thought you knew. Yeah. You know? I don't know. See, that's where it's, that word is kind of confusing me and lost me, you know? And that's another part, like, we understand that Maggie Grace is, I mean, um, Maggie is leaving was the show, but it just seemed like she had an unceremonious little goodbye. And it just seemed very, like, cold. The way they're like, what happened to her? I don't know. What's going on? <laughs> Who knows? And even back at the hilltop, heard anything from Maggie? No, not really. It's been six years. I got a letter. What's it say? Things are good. Well, and but she she's continuously continuously sending letters, though. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, she's still in contact with, with Jesus and... and because he's uh, he's got a you know stack of letters from her, but I'm not saying he's I, reading. I need to know exactly the adventures of Maggie. No, you know. But at the same time, I like a little bit of like more closure on that. No, the reason why they had to keep that storyline open is because she will be back. I have no doubt about it that that she'll come back when you know when this other group finally emerges after you know the whispers and everything. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we we still get you. Know, I mean, we're being teased two episodes now of the whispers. Yeah, you know. So Lord knows yeah. how long this this. This particular thing is going to happen. Maybe I'm just being impatient. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah. Being think, very impatient. I think so. So, <laughs> with, with Michonne and, and, and the group, you know, they finally have to stop in the middle of the, you know, at, at night and make camp. But before they get to their camp, they come across where Magna was trying to get Michonne to go is this rig. You know, yeah. it's a diesel rig. Right. Their caravan. Right. Their caravan with that had all of their stuff and things, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, when they finally come across it, it's, it's you know, turned over. Everything's kind of spread about and whatnot. And they see a lot of walkers mm-hmm. so that they have to dispatch. So, you know, they're kind of gathering up things, and Sadiq finds, like, a little recorder, gets ready to start playing it, and Michonne's like, bitch, I will kick your ass. <laughs> doodly, 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 doodly. <laughs> so, recorders are fucking awful. They're the worst. Of course they are. Of course they are. They're, they're, they're almost as bad as people that don't know how to play harmonicas. Oh, man, I remember in elementary school, it just sounded like dog whistles. It still much. does. So we we see that Sadiq and and the, really the reason why they go back to do this is because Luke wants to get all these instruments. He they, he wants to get you know everything that they had amassed at that point. Well, not even that. I mean, if you're gonna go take somebody to a new community to live, at least go get their stuff first. Yeah, you know, very true. So they're gonna go get their stuff, and but I will tell you that I like the scene of disarray. You know the carnage with just kind of everything being everywhere, just everywhere, and especially the the when the walkers were pinned underneath the diesel the trailer. That was cool as shit. And then they went and dispatched him, like yeah. the boot stomp. That was great. That was a very good shot. The, the boot disc- stomp, <laughs> the log to the head, and then like mm-hmm. a big ass rock. Exactly. Just stomp. It was really good. Rock paper combat <laughs> boots. <laughs> Fatality. So, no. but but we see that they're actually searching for. You know, another member of their group that, you know, we, we get a little bit later on when they make camp, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of have this this little conversation and whatnot. But as everything's kind of going about, everybody's supposed to be asleep and Michonne's on watch. Right. Well, she hears a noise. She, you know, stealthily comes inside and she notices that Luke is kind of going through this big box of stuff. And then all of a sudden you're shink yeah. and she cuts a violin in half. Well, because she's like, she's like, hey, what are you doing? He Put goes, it down. She no, she says, drop it. Well, because even before that, back at the caravan, they're talking like, what are you doing? He goes, I just find musical instruments. So he's got this whole fucking mm-hmm. big old trunk full of musical instruments. And he's just like, I'm taking them with him. And they're like, oh, he's got a fetish. 
right? Right. And then, like, what do you mean? I was like, no, he's got a fetish. It's, it's weird. And then they're like, okay. So then we see him, like, I don't know what he's doing. First it sounded like, you know, somebody, like, a little kid talking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is the fucking, the ghosts of fucking Carl, right? And so, and then he goes, and then you see him, like, yeah, my precious, with, like, this violin. Or, and he turns around, and it, for a second that I was like, Aw, oh, don't fucking kill him, man. We don't even see where this is going. Don't be bullshit. But at the same time, I know exactly where this is going, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I like it. And then sure enough, she's whoink, she slices it, and he's like, no! And then like, dun-dun-dun-dun. Well, I mean, honestly, she cut up a Stradivarius. Right. I mean, if anybody knows about musical instruments, man, the Stradivarius is like the, 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 the Super Bowl of... You know, <laughs> string instruments. Exactly. But at the same time, it's the zombie apocalypse. That's very true. Right? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if you get that one collector. But she cuts it up and he's, she's, he's all like, Wah. and I'm like, that was kind of goofy. And, and no, it, But it, it served the story pretty it well. It did. It did. You know, because later on. you know, there's a good soliloquy again yeah, from because, Dan Folger. Yeah, because, you know, Magna and, and uh, Yumiko are sitting down and, you know, Kelly and Connie are, are laying down and they're all getting ready to go to bed. And... You know, Luke even makes mention to, to Michonne, you know, the reason why I'm doing this, the reason why I'm trying to, you know, capture all this art and, and this music is because that's what brings people together. That's what that's what that's forges, a civilization. Yeah, that's what forges a community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, we can't just have warring factions. You know, we have to have, you know, some type of tie that binds us all together, which was like a very good not Deus not not one again, not a very convenient time. But for Michonne to hear that exact speech on why he that needs to happen mm-hmm. on what's going on and what we know was like i was like oh, well played show well played well and if you notice too one of the, one of the other things is that they've been very standoffish with michonne the entire magna's entire group she's been standoffish well but they've been standoffish with her yeah but then to you the notice point that where even the leaders like look Magna, you need to calm your ass down right but you also notice that when when luke is given that that speech and he's kind of telling michonne you know why he's doing everything he does because Sadiq is even asking, you know, why are you why are you gathering all these instruments? Well, he goes off on the thing, you know, this is how, you know, humanoids and, you know, interact with one another. This mm-hmm. is how community starts. And he reaches out and he touches Michonne's arm. And that's like yeah. that's like the spark of humanity for her because you can see like her face instantly drops from being like a scowl to being more receptive to what he's saying. Because normally if that else if that happened at any other time, she'd be pulling like a nub. <laughs> right? like, well, well, hopefully the blacksmith can make you another Aaron hand. So, <laughs> but since you like music, make it a flute. <laughs> Blows into his thumb. So <laughs> like a train whistle. <laughs> so, but you know that that really does open up Michonne a lot to you know what what Luke is saying. You know this this is how we rebuild community. This is how we you know, bring everybody together. So, as they go out and they you know they they get some sleep or whatever and they go out on the second day. That's when Michonne finally says, you know, look, I've, I've gone as far as I can go. Mm-hmm. You know, Sadiq and Random Alexandrian will get you to, to the place, you know. and But before, they, they, they come across like this halfway herd when they're leaving the building. And it's really weird because they find that, that other that other member of Magna's group because they made they made the point of talking about you know how he was wearing that ugly ass oh, shirt. Oh yeah, they they brought they telegraphed that shirt in for a while. Oh yeah, because I like, guess I guess that's the one thing that that drove Magna mad was this guy. I guess Skip. It, yeah, it, she she just hated this shirt mm-hmm. and he wore it every day just to piss her off. Right. But you know when when you don't have anybody and you you're you're fighting for kind of you know survival. 
It's it, good to fuck with somebody it, every now and Exactly. Then. It kind of brings a little levity into exactly. and humanity into the whole deal. When the mini herd came in and there was that siege, I thought everybody did fucking good except Dan Folger. He didn't do fucking shit. Right? I wrote in my notes, four badasses and Dan. Right? <laughs> so, like, because here's the thing. Like, they come out fucking swinging. Magnus got a fucking brick. Like mm-hmm. a fucking, like a, a, a fucking, cin- not a cinder block, but a big fucking brick. And she's just like bopping people in the head. The other two ladies, they got fucking. Connie like, and Kelly have slingshots. They slingshots and they're just like headshotting people just like boom, 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 right through. Yumiko's then, got a compound bow. Fucking you got Hawkeye going on. And I was like, at first I was like, okay, everybody's doing these fast paced action things. And then I had a little bit of beef with, uh, um, what was her name? The, the, the comp with the bow? Yumiko. 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 And I'm like. Come on, you could have killed like four or five walkers by now. But then at the same time, I didn't know what she was aiming at. I thought she was just aiming at like random walkers. I'm like, come on. But then, and then she drops that shed and I was like, dope. And so then we had- I'm, I'm calling it right now. Yumiko and Daryl get together. Oh, yeah. Uh, that'd be really good. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. But anyway, <clears throat> so you have all this badassery going on. And then you have fucking Dan. And he's just opening car doors. It was smart. But he didn't. Walkers don't know how to operate car doors. I know, but it was. He was like, do 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 do. You know, I was like, like this is not a musical number. I know you got a whole bag full of instruments, but come on, you could open the door. Somebody with a clarinet. You could open the doors a bit quicker. Like, let's snap it up. Like, make that make that tempo quicker. Four four time. You know. (laughs) Four four is actually kind of slow. Two four. (laughs) Two four. Two four six eight. So, but yeah, we we see the mini, you know, the the mini, I guess, the mini herd, yeah, for, for lack of a better term, and you know they they're they're dispatched pretty easily. I mean, you had a pretty pretty good group of survivors. I'm glad that Michonne's like, give them the weapons, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> right. Don't be idle. I throw you the weep. <laughs> so, but but they're able to get out of there, and then you know they they come across the I guess the like the zero barrier. Where Michonne won't cross uh, cross over the crossroads, and, and they finally see like these two, you know, these two gentlemen mounted on horseback that are coming, and one of them just happens to be C. Thomas Howell. I know. So in the beginning, the the credits, they're like in special guests, like blah 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 blah. You know how they do that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait, C. Thomas Howell. And so I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. I love C. Thomas Howell. I will go to bat for that dude. I loved him in Red Dawn. He was fantastic on Criminal Minds, dude. They need to keep him as a as a, a solid cast member, because hey, honestly, see Thomas Howell in his youth, man, he was a rodeo he, he was a rodeo guy. That's true. Maybe he could pull off some like maybe a ride for the kingdom. There you right? go. Yeah, but no, that was kind of cool. He was just like, and he's hey. looking haggard too. Yeah, man. he's looking rough. He's like, he's looking like he lived in the apocalypse. Well played. And he comes in wearing like a fucking like half suit of armor, half like a, like a cowboy knight. Yeah, right. Kind of, kind of very, very much like the kingdom, you know. Yeah. B- back when we first got introduced to those guys, the cowboy knight. So he comes in, he's kind of like, "Hello, I'm C. Thomas Howell. There's trouble over there. Bye." And then he just kind of goes away. That's it, right? It's just kind so, of- and, and the whole reason why those two characters, the the horseback characters, introduced <laughs> is because they come from the hilltop, and. It's kind of weird because, like, this this six-year period has kind of made everybody so, like, distanced from one another. Right. That they don't even really recognize Michonne. Exactly. And you she's, know? like, the one of the original and, like, leader of the security. Well, And she doesn't even recognize them. Yeah. She goes, wait a minute, armor, horseback, spears, hilltop? And he goes, yeah. He goes, where are you from? Alexandria. Well, we got one of yours. We got Rosita. 
Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Maggie, er, not Maggie, I'm sorry. Uh, Michonne is like, huh, what? Yeah. You, you've got one of ours? So, you know, they ride on because, you know, Michonne orders them, you know, ride on, tell everybody that we're okay. And then the the stories converge and then, you know, they're going to meet up there. Yeah. And then once they go in there, they go to the search party to find Eugene mm-hmm. in the kind of out in the out in the wasteland out in mm-hmm. the out in the barn or wherever he's supposed to be and then that's that's where we're at yeah what did you th- what did you think about that last shot the one with the dog daryl aaron and and Channing Jesus up and all that. i thought it was kind of cool because it shows like the, the i guess the expansion of hilltop mm-hmm. um the only thing i i find kind of weird about it is the fact that you know you've got these these like a-list uh, the, the A-list members of all these groups. The new A-squad? Yeah, that are kind of going... I mean, because honestly, if Jesus was the elected member of Hilltop, would they even really let him go? Well... But I mean, you know... Ter- but uh, he's been gone He's been gone the whole time anyway. He's but a no, he's, he's, leader. But he's not going off into battle. You know, he's just kind of going off. Right. You know, but it, and Terry even mentions that, so well, I'll party. go ahead and take care of everything while you're gone again. again. But so, at least she didn't give him too much shit. I mean, she knew that it was important shit because he goes, look, I know the territory. I need to help him. It's, yeah. it's one of us, yep. right? And he goes, okay, but you come back, you got to do some fucking work. But, I mean, the, sh- the last shot, as it was panning up, I really thought it was a very beautiful shot. But two things. The music just didn't seem right. Again, with the song, I don't know what it was. I don't know if that's Cutlass's band or what, but I don't, I don't know something about it. And then... It just ended so abruptly for this one. It's just like, and boom, next time on The Walking Dead. It seemed like there was more. When you have like a shot like that, like a big, really beautiful shot, you're waiting for something a little bit, something else to happen or something, but it just seemed extreme. I really wasn't. I thought it ended pretty well. I mean, it, at least for me, it did. It just seemed really jarring to me. There was something about it. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, that pretty much puts us everybody and wraps up with Carol and Daryl, Jesus and you know Aaron and Tara. And then Michonne and the gang because they finally actually get to um, get to the hilltop. But it's it's really cool, like the 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 reuniting part of everybody. Uh-huh. It's like you know because Terroritas finally you know get, give the hugs and the and the fist bumps and everything. So you know because these people haven't seen Daryl in like six years. Right, he's been gone. Nobody has seen Daryl besides Carol. <laughs> exactly. I mean, so they're thinking maybe he died too. So. It, it's kind of cool to see everybody kind of back in the fold and whatnot. Yeah, those those was some good moments. Because yeah, and and you notice that you know one of the first people that Daryl actually hugs is Aaron. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of you know yeah. thanks thanks hey, for being up? there. I'm 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 happy you're safe. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of deal. So I mean, and and those are two characters I think we talked about it early on this season that we'd like to see more more screen time with. You know, and, and the other one was Jesus and Aaron. Yeah, because I, and, I, I think they've got a really cool kind of like. Kind of like big brother, little brother kind of mm-hmm. dynamic going on between the two of them. Yeah, like best friends, like bromance. Yeah. You know, just like, hey, they train, they spar, they like, you know. Yeah. Kick I the like, shit out of each other. I like, I like Rocky and Apollo. <laughs> I like the new A squad. Yeah. And the little, the little side quest. And I hope they, I hope it leads up to something, something big, something good. Yeah. So the only other thing I, I really wanted to touch on, I don't think we really touched on it very much, is the part with Rosita. Like while she's kind of fading in and out of consciousness from dehydration and everything, you constantly hear the walkers talking to her, mm-hmm. you know, like we can't let her escape, you know, the, so I, we, we know from teasers and everything that we've kind of heard from, I mean, cause you can't, you can't really avoid spoilers or quasi spoilers and, right. and previews and whatnot. Have so, the walkers been right from what we see with the, I mean, you know, coming up is that, you know, these characters are going to start, 
you know, realizing that these walkers are either a evolving or not what they think they are. More than meets the eye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, with that being said, I think we pretty much wrapped up everybody in this episode. Well, okay. One more thing. There's a couple of I there was. I'm looking through my notes. There was something that I missed. There was something else about the siege when they were in the um with the new group, the new yeah, survivor Michelle in the in the little. The mm-hmm. warehouse that they were st- staying at. I thought that was a touching moment when they let when when they when they had to come face to face with killing their friend. I yeah, th- I thought from the neck down it l- was really really cool, but when they when Michonne comes up and does closer, there was something weird about it. It looked like bad CGI, <laughs> but just in the face. You know, I don't know if it was. I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know if it's because we were so used to like the rotting walkers. I think it is. Yeah, walker. yeah, to see a fresh like a fresh walker that. But it you know, just, is, is a couple days old. But again, I was just like, what? I mean, that made me cock my head to the side like Michael Myers. I'm like, huh? Well, and, and no. then the other thing is, too, you know, when Michonne actually, you know, puts that guy down, she stabs him very gently in the back of the head mm-hmm. with, with her sword. And she actually catches the body. She just doesn't let it fall. Which is, so I think that's her warming up to this other group, you know, kind of realizing that, you know, these people have lost this person, you know. I don't need to be a dick about right. it. You know, I don't need to slice his head off. Exactly. Slice his head off to the point where it falls in like Magnus hands. Like, ah! right. She had to be a dick. So that was a very, that was a very nice touchy uh, moment for her. So that was going to say good for her. I also wrote the violin. That's stupid, but I'll allow it. But <laughs> I, I did like, I, I did like the fact that, uh, that Henry's trying to wheeze in on uh Carl's game mm-hmm. with, with he was like, He's like, here. so Eden's like, here, huh? Because, huh? uh, you know, I, I got gotta, older, I got bigger. You know, I've been working out and drinking milk. <laughs> and and the girl's like, that's cute. You know? <laughs> He's like, what? You know, just checking to see if she's here. I mean, you know. I mean, uh, I guess it has been six years and and Henry and Carl weren't weren't, weren't bros. So. And you know what? I'll tell you what. I ain't even mad. I mean, yeah, young people got to be young people. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have anything else you want to touch on with this episode? Um, Let's see. Who's watching them? You think more uh, whispers? It's the whispers. Yeah, I, I can almost guarantee you it is. Because I was like, this music is. Because I again, I don't know what was my beef with the music, but I was like waiting for. I always feel like somebody's watching. That would have been actually kind of cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was it was cool to see you know the the former alum um, you know Michael Cudlitz actually direct this one because you know they've mm-hmm. talked about Andy Lincoln coming back for you know a, a directorial debut with with a couple of the episodes i believe either later this season or next season yeah you know kind of give him a little break from everything that's going to happen so i mean i think the the shots in this one i really enjoyed the shots with Rosita you know kind of her stumbling and and the camera kind of going every which away i had a problem with that i mean i don't know i there was something not again like I have a problem with found footage stuff, but that just seemed too late. Because it only lasted like 10 seconds. It just seemed too jarring, too quick, and then cut to the... So it's supposed to be. I understand that. I mean, she that, was passing but, out. But I didn't like it. So, like we do on every episode, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, how would you rank this episode? Honestly, I didn't care terribly much. I mean, I liked this show. I liked this episode. But there was too many, like, I'm looking back on it, and it's just like, I don't know. Uh I wanted I wanted to like it more, but maybe it's just something. I think if the music was one of the things that got me. Uh, some of the decisions of the characters that I came to know and love to see them so cold and jaded was another thing that got me. The jarring beginning got me. The fact that it was ten seconds and then and I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" You know. So I'm gonna go five and a half. 
it seemed like just a filler episode. Like I said, it was just like, it was all right. It wasn't nothing to write home about for me. You know, there was some cool stuff in it, but it's not going to go down in like the Hall of Fame of great episodes. Oh, no. Or I mean, even or even like really, really good episodes. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be like the, the Negan death sequence this or, is filler. you know, the governor's last episode or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually going to go with like a six and a half. Yeah. Maybe bordering on a seven, teetering so on a seven. A lot higher than me. Yeah, but, you know, and a lot of it is because I liked the change with Daryl. Yeah, you know, I kinda, did like that. Kind of how he, he softened up to Henry because of Carol. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that he's more willing to be a part of the community again. Yeah, that's true. I, re- I really enjoyed the, the, the Jesus and Aaron part. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I mean, the, the fight sequence, yes, I do have an issue with the music because... <laughs> I want to go back and listen to it again after we get done recording because I will, I will point out exactly where it sounds like into the Badlands. Okay. But like their dynamic now is, is is cool because it's like two brothers that are just kind of, you know, Jesus is showing him this and, you know, Aaron's just being a sounding board for, for Jesus to do his thing. I did like that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I just got something stuck in my craw today. You yeah, know? Possibly. I don't know. But I liked it. But yeah. No, but I can see what you're saying. There was a lot of good stuff to it. I will concede to that. Yeah, and I kind of, I kind of like the way that Carol's kind of being, oh, because that was, Dar- oh, <laughs> Daryl's, Daryl's liking here, oh, like the, exactly like the awkward morning the next morning, like, yeah, when she's like getting some I coffee, slept fine, you know, how'd you guys sleep? Oh, we slept fine. Okay, cool. She's because like, <laughs> yeah, because you see out of the corner of her eye, she keeps looking back, and Daryl's like preparing his bag on his bike, and she's just like, she's just smiling. She's like, I know, <laughs> he's I know. going with us. He's going with us. So, but yeah, you're gonna go ahead and like five and a half. Yeah, a little bit higher, but five. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. All right, so five and a half. Five six. and a half. I, I'm gonna go, you know, six and a half, seven in, in that in that range. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll be back again next week. Actually, next week is the mid-season finale. Yeah. Um, so we'll actually be on hiatus with The Walking Dead show for probably until mid-February, if everything holds like all the other seasons have been. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. But on behalf of my co-host, Genius McGee, I'm Dustin P. And I'm going to give you some snakes. <laughs> <laughs>